Pollock trying to steer around. Picked off center. They score! Feather back over to Manny. Splits the defense. He's shot. He scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington. Hard collision. BL centering feed. They score! This is Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Cuda Confidential Podcast, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Nick Nolenberger here alongside Barracuda Marketing Manager Joey Goldstein. Playoff spot is officially secured. We're in. We are in year number four. It's four straight years here in San Jose, five consecutive times in which the Sharks have sent their AHL affiliate to the Calder Cup playoffs, something they had never done before. No single franchise, of course, the Sharks had moved their AHL affiliate a handful of times, but no single franchise had made it four years in a row. No, Not Worcester, not Cleveland, not Kentucky. So an impressive start here in San Jose. And to get in in the second spot right now, and an opportunity to secure home ice advantage on Wednesday sets up a pretty important game against the San Diego group that would be the team that would catch San Jose for the second spot. So still some things to be accomplished, but good to get in. Yeah, no, it's been great. And and I think it, we've given credit before. A lot of credit goes to Joe Will and the scouting staff and the whole you know hockey operations department, really, for putting together these winning teams over the past it's really from the minor from the minor league side it's been five straight years with that last year in Worcester so to to put teams together who not only can win but know how to win I mean he they were talking earlier and there's a lot of guys in that locker room who have gone through playoff runs or championship runs they've represented their country on the world stage they've worn letters whatever it may be they played for championships a lot of these guys have that background, even though they're so, so young, they're all experienced in terms of playing the postseason and playing games that are, that are super, super important. So to get in, obviously, is great. I think we kind of felt all year that it was going to be uh, a foregone conclusion that we'd get in. Obviously, we hit a little rough patch in the middle of the year, but if you didn't face adversity at some point, then it's, it's bound to hit you sooner or later. So it was nice to hit that before uh, the playoff run starts. But, yeah, going into San Diego – Tomorrow is going to be huge because a win there can secure us the two seed uh, at a minimum, which is the fact that the number one seed is still in reach. And only given, two points. It's given the crazy. run that Bakersfield went on, that, that number one seed still a possibility is, is really cool. Yeah, the Condors are sputtering a little bit. They have lost four in a row. I think that's a great segue, giving a compliment to the scouting staff, our three guests on today. We've got the Western Hockey League house. Yep. We've got Jaden Holbwax, Evan Weinger, and Matt Fontaine. All three undrafted guys, all guys signed out of the WHL this past offseason for Holbwax on an NHL entry-level deal for the other two on American Hockey League deals, and they've all three been very effective in their first years. So it'd be fun to hear from them, just a little bit of behind-the-scenes from those guys. Um, young guys, yeah. all the same age, yeah. all finished junior at the same time, didn't quite know each other, played against each other a bit, uh, but now become pretty close yeah. you know, with that connection. So um, we'll cool, too. They all, kinda, they all kind of come with different skill sets. Right? Yeah, they I mean, do. Hobbs, Hobbs is kind of the – he's – not they're all skilled, but Hobbs has really got the the guy who's historically has got the scoring touch. Obviously, with the amount of goals he he scored when he was playing in the dub, Evans kind of got that blade. Like he's, I think hands down the fastest guy in the organization. Sharks, yeah. Kuda, top to bottom. He's got blazing speed, great on the penalty kill. And Fonts is kind of that that gritty, hardworking guy who's going to do everything right and and just someone you can rely on to get things done, whether it's on the penalty kill or just in a five-on-five situation. He's great. So they kind of all bring different things to the table, but every one of them has played a part and helped this team succeed. 
So there's three games left on the regular season schedule. The Barracuda will be in San Diego on Wednesday, like we mentioned. If they win, whether it's in regulation, overtime, or shootout, they will have secured at least the second spot in the Pacific Division. They're still very much within striking distance of Bakersfield for the top spot, which would, of course, guarantee home ice advantage. And we heard from Joe Will um, kind of address the team this morning, and he talked about that. You know, those points in these games at the end of the year, they may seem you know, unqu uh, unimportant at this time of the year because you're already into a playoff spot, that, but they're extremely important, and they can make all the difference when, you know, you're going into the third round or the second round, and you do get the home ice advantage, and you get to start at home and take a couple to start the series. So these are some big games. I know they're approaching it that way, um, and to be able to maybe get a win tomorrow night in San Diego would certainly make you feel pretty good because that would be three wins for San Jose out of the last four games against San yeah. Diego, a team they could potentially face in the first round. Yeah, and, and I think we said it last week that the team we're going to see tomorrow in San Diego is that's that's like their, that's their playoff team, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously we still have a couple moving pieces, um, guys who kind of come up and down or, or make an impact, but the, what we're going to see in San Diego is that's it. That's their playoff team. So to see how they stack up against those guys, um, I mean, I, I see – obviously – I, th I think San Diego is the most likely opponent we're going to end up with in round one, um, just given the way that the the rest of the schedules kind of shake out between us and Bakersfield. I think they've certainly got a leg up on us uh, in that regard. But we end up against San Diego. I, it's very similar to a, a Sharks night situation where I think those are the, the two top teams really coming out of this this area. And if you can get past San Diego, just like the Sharks can get past Vegas, the sky's the limit. I think San Diego might be one of the, if not the best team uh, in the West, really, um, with paper, all the talent they have right paper, now. On paper, for sure. Yeah. With the amount of guys they've gotten down from Anaheim, certainly they're going to be a threat. Now the question is, can they gel quickly enough to be, you know, the type of uh, fulfill the ability, I right. guess, and the, the potential that they have. Looking at the standings quickly, Joe, the Barracuda is sitting at 81 points, just two points behind Bakersfield for the top spot in the division. Both clubs have played 65 games. Then you look at San Diego. They're at 77 points, so they're four points behind San Jose. It's going to be touch, tough for the goals really to catch San Jose unless, of course, they win out basically mm -hmm. and the Barracuda lose out. But Colorado, Tucson, both these clubs. Colorado won again, so they're in that fourth spot. Tucson's a point behind the Eagles and just three points behind San Diego. So San Diego, I'm assuming, is going to approach tomorrow's game as if it was a playoff game because they're not officially in. Oh, right, yeah, and they, I think you have to go out that way. And their, their schedule is not easy, right? I mean, they have us on Wednesday, and then they have Tucson twice, and that could determine who's in or out. Same way we go into Colorado, that could determine whether they get in or not. So for, the, for those teams, it's playoffs start this week. Yeah. So it's, you got to... Every game's important. It's kind of like the, the same way St. Louis has been playing almost over the past, uh, past month or so on the NHL side where it's, every game's a playoff game, and you've got to win to stay alive, win to get in. So these teams, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I've got, I, got, I mean, we can speculate all we want. We have no idea how, it's gonna, how the pieces are going to fall. Yeah. All, all we know is at worst we end up as the three seed, and at best we end up as the one seed, but yep. we're in, and... and yep. That's kind of the key right now. But, yeah, like Joe said, it's all these games are important, even though we haven't locked in a seed yet. And even if we had locked in a seed, those points do matter because if you finish with a higher points than somebody in that central division, it's going to change, uh, you know, home ice advantage in that conference final round. So It's going to be very interesting tomorrow because Tucson is going to be in Bakersfield. So let's say hypothetically Tucson finds a way to win that hockey game and the Barracuda win, then you're in a tie for the top spot and the Roadrunners are right there, right on the heels yeah. of San Diego with, as you mentioned, 
two games in the desert this upcoming weekend, yeah, which is going to be incredible. It's huge. And, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know the whole tiebreaker scenario, but we, in order to finish in the top spot, we can't have the same. We have to have more yep. points than We would lose the tiebreaker. Yeah, we correct? lose the tiebreaker to San, same Diego with San Diego and to Bakersfield. So we have to have more points, bottom line, than both those teams if we want to finish ahead of them in the standings. So um, certainly Bakersfield is within you know reach, yeah. which is incredible. They won on a 17-game winning streak, and they didn't lose much right after it either. Um, but they found themselves at a bit of tough times going into the playoffs, which is not something they would like. I, I'm sure that they want to be going to the playoffs playing some of their best hockey. Right now they're struggling. So uh, we'll see. Still a lot to, lot to be decided. Three games uh, for San Jose down the stretch to wrap up the regular season. And then playoffs will start anywhere from next Wednesday to next Thursday, maybe even next Friday. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's TV. still it's so everything's still so up in the air, and it's tough because you don't know who you're going to play and if we're going to be the high seed or the low seed. So lots of things are still fluid. I mean, it's, it is obviously it's sometime next week it's going to start. I would guess most series start sometime on Wednesday, but it could be Wednesday, anytime Wednesday, Thursday to Friday. Um, so whether we start on the road or at home, that's all still you know, to be determined. But – we can dive into more of that stuff next week when we yep. get the, the playoff preview. We got some exciting stuff for playoffs. Obviously, we got rally towels for, you know, the first 4,000 fans for each game we're going to have. Um, we're doing a, 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 a best of five deal is what we're calling it, uh, especially because the first round series is being a best of five. Um, so that'll get you a 20-ounce beer and, and a hot dog for five bucks, which is more than what you would normally get with the you know the two dollar one dollar thing that we were doing, like uh, that. so that's pretty nice. Get a little bit more uh, bang for your buck there, uh, but it'll be cool. You know, it's it's going to be a fun, fun environment, fun atmosphere. Play there's nothing like playoff hockey. So uh, I know the guys are excited. They're all in the zone, and you know this is their last week to make your tweaks and, and get everything right, going in the right direction before the real season starts. Yeah, a couple of notes too, roster-wise. Obviously, every roster in the AHL is ballooning right now with you know college and junior players coming in um, in bunches. The same can be said, of course, for the Barracuda. We saw Vladislav Kotkov bury his first goal in his mm -hmm. first game. Good to see that. That was exciting, certainly. And then Ryan Merkley was really the big name, former first-round pick of the Sharks, taken last year in the opening round. Just 19 years of age, a dynamic defenseman, just finished up his season in Peterborough in the OHL. We could see him as early as potentially tomorrow, maybe in Colorado. We'll see. Still to be determined. But we could see him play, which would be exciting. Yeah, I would, and and I think same goes for uh, some of the other guys coming too. Andrew Shortridge is a guy who's yep. come in. I, I would I would hope to see him get some action at some point this week before playoffs start to kind of get a taste for the pro game. But obviously, you know, Merkley being the the number one pick last year for the the Sharks at 21 overall and. Being that highly touted guy, you know, you'd, you'd like to see him get in, whether it's tomorrow or um, at some point this weekend, uh, just to hopefully get a feel for it. Because if if he's good, that's a guy who can help you in the playoffs, right? So um, it'll be his first kind of jump into the pro game, like in a tough time of year. Yep. He played in preseason games, but that's that's not uh, that's not playoff hockey. That's a lot different. So. Yep, yep. And then uh, another big name you can't really overlook him because he just continues to get on the score sheet is Ivan Djokovic. Yeah. He had a goal. Just and picks up right shot, where he left off. My two God. assists in game two. And uh, I spoke to Coach Sommer following Friday's game, and I said to him, were you looking at the other coaches and laughing, thinking – this kid's got to think this league is easy. And he said, that's basically what I said to him yeah. when he got to the bench. He says, you must think this league is easy, don't you? So well, I said, uh, before the game, I was talking with uh, Mike Chason, and he, was, he said, you know, what do you, what do you think about tonight? And I was like, oh, I think, you know, we'll win. I know Grand Rapids was a little banged up. I go, 
think Djokovic is going to score, though. Like he's going to score. He's going to have a great game. And sure <laughs> enough, he did. It's, he's a guy who, since he came in last year and then he came into camp at the beginning of the year and coming now, he's, all he's done is impress and, and show up. He and, hasn't lost a game in the regular season in his career. He's 8-0. God, he has not lost crazy, the game. Huh? My God. And he has points now in, uh, in his career games that he's played. So he's up to eight games now. He has 12 points in his career in the regular season. It's going to be so tough to maintain that. It's but. tough to maintain, but, <laughs> hey, the kid dominated in the queue this past year. Um, so yeah. I think he's, there's no doubt. Yeah, no, he's, just got a, he's, he's a talented kid. Another, he's got a lot of talent. That so. they found late, seventh-round pick. Yeah, so, um, yeah he, he was, uh, already made his impact. Uh, felt early, so um, I think without further ado, we'll welcome in the uh, the Dub House. Let's do it. So welcome back, our three guests. The uh, as we call it, I guess the Dub House. We've got Matt Fontaine, uh, Evan Weinger, and Jaden Holbox. What's up, fellas? We appreciate you taking a bit of your time and getting on the podcast for the first time. Your debut. Yeah, no, thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, we, thank you. We've got Fonts and, and Weinger kind of tag team in the one microphone. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for having us. Um, <laughs> there, there goes, <laughs> there goes. Oh, uh, wine. So, well, first of all, it's you guys. As you guys all coming together as uh, you know, all rookies, all out of the WHL. I kind of want to start how you guys first decided that you wanted to be roommates. I think you had one other guy that was going to live with you. Was going Colby was going to live with you guys, and you were going to live in the Frenchie house, were you not? So you had that house lined up, and and then Colbs obviously was uh, reassigned back down, so he didn't live with you. And but uh, how did it come to be where you guys decided uh, to be roommates? Yeah. So. Uh Originally, like, we had three or four days to look for a place, so um, we found a four-person place, a bedroom, and then uh, the day of, Colby, unfortunately, got sent down to Orlando, so um, we really had to switch plans. We looked at one other place, and then just kind of happened upon this one, and it kind of sung to us. It was the perfect house for the three of us. Yeah, I know the Frenchies got a hot tub. You guys thinking about getting something, like, that's pretty solid that, you know, that people can bring the boys over and... Have you thought about a hot tub, maybe? No, you know, the hot tub's really not for us. And uh, I guess <laughs> in, in their house, that hot tub uh, adds a lot to the electricity bill, I guess, too. So, no, I think uh, that's not, not so much for us. But uh, I think it's a nice thing they got going over there. Yeah, I don't think we have the space, too. Unless we want to put it in our living room. A little tight. Well, the living room, that might be an element. What about something else, though? A pool table, a foosball table, nothing like that? Um, we just got golf clubs. Yeah. No, our house isn't. Uh, it's uh, we got a, we got a townhouse as well, like the Frenchies, but their uh, living space is a lot bigger, like the main area. Ours is more uh, small and tall, but uh, no, we got a nice setup, but uh, not uh, yeah. too much room for things like yeah, that. Yeah, nothing like that. Our the biggest thing, our balcony can fit half of a barbecue, so we kind of stuffed that one of the barbecue. We could put it downstairs, but. I don't think it would, we wouldn't really get much out of the hot tub. So, like these guys said, it's more of like a small living space, just a lot of a lot of stairs in the house. You guys played in different places in the WHL. So, did you ever know each other, or you know, was that just kind of your guys' instant thing that got you kind of to get along right away? I think it's just yeah, through camp, you know, you kind of meet each other, and uh, I think just more the WHL guys got more of a bond with each other than you know other guys. But obviously, we played against one another and you kind of know each other through that but no there was no uh connection beforehand yeah no no common friends uh or i guess uh <clears throat> we never we never played against or with each other we played against wings a few times playing in portland and me and everett and then uh, i played against Jaden. i think only like two or three times in our careers but um Jaden played with uh noah gregor who 
I played with back in Bantam hockey. So uh, just kind of a common connection there kind of brought all of us together. And, yeah, just playing against each other really bonded us. With all the points that Hulp's put up uh, his last year, I mean, I'm sure you kind of knew the name. It's a unique name too. So, um, you know, we won't let uh, Jaden comment on it, but it, that has to be pretty impressive, the, the type of numbers he put up his final year. Yeah, he scored a lot against us last year. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much just trying to stop him, but a lot, a lot of dashes on my part. <laughs> didn't like that. Uh, with you, Evan, you went from Portland, you know, a, a town certainly I'm sure you enjoyed. Everybody seems to go to Portland finds it to be a great place. Then you go to Brandon, which is certainly, I'm sure, was a culture shock being a California kid. What was that whole transition like in your final year? I mean, it was, uh, it was a little different. I mean, coming from L.A., big city, Portland, pretty big city. Then going to Brandon where there's, I didn't really know anything about. I don't think I've been there once before in my life, and that was, didn't really think much of it. But I really enjoyed my time in Brandon. Good fans, good coaches, and good good teammates around. So it was, I really enjoyed my final year playing in the Western League. One of the things we've asked the past couple guys who come on, it's about, you know, the path, what kind of got you guys into playing junior hockey or did you ever consider playing college hockey or was juniors always on your mind? Was it always in the WHL? Was it potentially trying to see if you could go anywhere else? Yeah. I think uh, it's been WHL, I mean, the entire way. I think things are starting to switch more so now. Other guys are looking more at college, but I feel like when I went through it, it was you got to go to the WHL. That's the best uh, route, and that's what's going to get you up in the rankings faster. And, uh, I mean, through the time, everyone goes through it different. Guys start off, can jump into the WHL and, you know, have a great uh, first few years and get drafted and all that. I mean, for me, it was a slow process. Got cut my 16-year-old year, obviously pretty disappointed, went back to junior, came back as a 17-year-old, put up uh, like eight points, and then uh, just got better and better every year. And obviously my 19- and 20-year-old seasons were breakout years, which, uh, I mean, it was a slow, slow process to get to where I am today. But, uh, I mean, everyone uh, goes through it differently. You mentioned a bit maybe of a, a late developer in, in the way that your career kind of unfolded. All three of you guys, undrafted guys, but you find yourself in what's considered the second-best league in the world in the American Hockey League. So do you all kind of carry a similar type of chip on your shoulder? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's guys just that have it uh, right from the get-go. Like I said, they get drafted maybe top one, two rounds and are standout guys in the WHL right from 16, 17 years old. But I think uh, there's a lot of guys that, you know, that takes a little bit longer. And uh, everyone has their own path, and it's just how you get to the end result at the end of the day. What about you guys? I mean, being from the U.S., I always consider going to college. Tried out, got drafted uh, by Sioux City and I think the seventh round. Got my rights traded to Cedar Rapids and didn't end up making the team my 17-year-old year and ended up talking to my old coach and midget told me to go travel for Portland and ended up making the team, so I ended up sticking around in there. But I always growing up going to college, go, went to University of Michigan games and stuff like that, so I was looking at that, but it just didn't end up working out. Yeah, uh, for me, being from a small town, I really, really didn't really see the dub as kind of an option. I kind of just thought you'd play hockey uh, in your minor league, maybe play for the junior B team in, in town, and then just go kind of just end your hockey career, but um, in Bantam, uh, I moved to Leduc to play hockey there and then ended up getting drafted to the WHL and still I was kind of unsure 
uh, what path to take. Um, I talked to a couple colleges and I was kind of weighing my options, but uh, I think just the just the organization in Everett uh, really really spoke to me and just talking to their GM and uh, seeing kind of the past players go there and having success, it really really spoke to me and just uh, going there my first year at camp, um, just seeing the city and meeting all the guys that it was really something that I wanted to do, kind of make work and choose for the path for me. I guess this would be a question for the two Canadian guys. I mean, you spent some time at Everett, so you're used to kind of living in the United States. This is your first go around, I guess, living in the States. How is that adjustment for Canadian kids coming to a new country? You know, it's different money. It's just, you know, a little bit different of a culture. Yeah, I mean, I think the adjustment for us is obviously kind of breathtaking. I mean, you live in uh, nice weather all year round, whereas I'm from Saskatchewan, so we get some pretty harsh winters at times. So, I mean, I think it's been, been quite quite good but uh, obviously there's like little differences but you know nothing out of the ordinary and uh it's obviously been a pretty pretty good treat living here yeah for uh for me moving when i was 15 16 down to the states um obviously it's a big move and it's far away from home so uh you kind of have to get adjusted and kind of grow up pretty quickly so um i think living living there for five years has kind of helped me being here um it's further away from home, but I've been used to it for the last couple of years. And then, yeah, like Jane said, um, just little little things. Like, obviously, the money's different. We don't have loonies and toonies anymore. And <laughs> the weather back home is a lot more harsh than it is here. So really been enjoying the last five, six years being down in the States. Different paying the bills, though, now. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Junior, right? junior living for free was nice. Billets are making yeah. probably dinners for you, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be adults. So let's let's different. transition to that because you guys are living on your own now. So I want to ask you guys just kind of some few generic kind of roommate-style questions. I know you guys have got really into golf since you've come down here. Um, I guess we could start with that. Who who is the best golfer in the house? Uh, Matt, easy, easy. Matt? Matt, he's played his whole life though. Okay. Um, we started a couple months ago. Okay. I've I've played like maybe two times a summer, like very casually, and then uh, Evan just basically started this year. So Matt's easy, easily number one. Okay, Matt's number one. Who is uh, let's say who's the best cook in the house? Best cook. Uh, me and Matt have done uh, most of the cooking. Actually, Evan's gotten gotten more into it now which is uh nice I'm more of the prepper yeah okay more of the prepper you're like so. the sous chef <laughs> I'm the yeah. Oh, yeah and the, and the cleanup guy the yeah cleanup yeah guy. so yeah me you and always Matt need mostly that. cook and evan's now chipping in and helping out so that's good and so yeah we usually all three of us though we usually cook together and do everything everything together for suppers at least anyways who's the clean one in the house who's the, uh, the cleanest i think Jaden. yeah yeah, his shirts me. all organized and everything. Yeah. I could see certain, that certain order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I would ask who who you guys would say has the best style, but I think that's a pretty easy one, just because Hall's I think won the overall team style. I think when we asked yeah, guys, we asked at the beginning of the he year. got probably the most votes yeah. for that. I know early in everybody's cooking career, you always have that kind of moment where you forget about what you're cooking, and all of a sudden you start smelling something burning, and you know before you know it, your dinner is completely burned. Have you guys had any of those experiences yet? <laughs> I haven't, but <laughs> we've had an undercooked situation. Undercooked, okay. Yeah, we Do tell it. poultry. Do tell. What was it? It's um, we didn't defrost it enough. Okay. <laughs> we didn't realize it until we cut open in the middle, and then it was just raw. It was so raw, okay. <laughs> and I think I was away out for supper with my parents when this happened, so I haven't uh, participated in that yet. So it's okay. We just went out and had sushi afterwards, so it was fine. <laughs> One raw food to another. <laughs> you guys are all, you know, all the same age. So um, who would you say is the dad of the house? So who, who's kind of, you know, 
shutting her down the earliest, uh, you know, getting on everybody else for not cleaning. Make sure you lock up. Jaden. Jaden's definitely in bed first. He <laughs> definitely wins that one. He's asleep by 10, 10, 15 every night in his room, tucked in. But um, I don't know. I'd say we all kind of take care of take care of everything kind of the same. Uh, like we said, Jane's probably the clean guy, so every once in a while I'll bring out all the all the sprays and cloths and go to town on all the utensils and appliances, so everything. So, uh, But, yeah, for the dad or anything, I just say we're kind of – we all kind of chip in and give it to each other every once in a while. So, yeah. We got uh, – any pet peeves, anything that one of you guys does that maybe drives the other one nuts? We had uh, Gams and, and Latunov on here the past two weeks, and they both kind of said the same thing. They both fight over the thermostat and how hot or cold it gets. But you guys have anything like that? <laughs> well, well, I was going to say, I'm downstairs, so I control my own thermostat, so they're upstairs, yeah, so, so I control my own temperature. We got our temperature upstairs, which is usually set at a nice 68, good. then uh, when we come downstairs, it's just ice cold, so some, <laughs> sometimes we uh, play around and crank that one up a bit, and uh, Evan doesn't like it too much, but other than that, I don't know. Not. How do you guys choose your rooms? Did, did, did you choose right away? Was that, that a big deal? I know sometimes these places, yeah. one big room and a couple small ones. Uh, I don't know. Uh, just, I, I got the, the, the master, you I got guess. The master. But all the rooms are basically the same yeah. size. Yeah, they're all basically the same size. We just have the two on the top floor, and then Ev is the one on the main floor. He's the only one with the bathroom not attached, but it's closer to the kitchen. You don't have to go up 25 stairs to go to bed every night. So yeah. there's, there's pros and cons to both, so... I think we all kind of lucked out in the rooms, just in the house in general. No one really got a, got the short straw when it comes to that. What has it been like playing in a city where you have the AHL team so close to the NHL team, being able to play in the same building and go to games and see these guys firsthand? Yeah, I think it's nice that we can head out to, to games and watch uh, NHL games, you know, any week that they play here. So, I mean, for that, that's a treat just to see what uh, – what these NHL players are like, and even seeing them around the rink sometimes, right? So I think it's a pretty pretty unique and cool experience for us to see that. And, I mean, we get to watch some of our favorite players come into San Jose and play, which is uh, pretty pretty surreal. Yeah, like Jane said, obviously seeing those guys every day and uh, even having guys on our team go up and then kind of share stories about what the pros do and what the NHL players do, like, on a daily basis. And then, like, going to the NHL games, like Jane said, uh, well, for Jane, his first NHL game that he went to, he, well, he was in a preseason game before he'd ever watched a regular <laughs> NHL game in, in life. So uh, just being able to get tickets to those games and seeing different teams come in and the league's top players, it's pretty pretty cool experience. So you'd never been to an NHL game before you played in one? I've never one. been to an NHL game in my life until, the, what was it, the second game of the season this year? So I've yeah I've warmed up in two NHL preseason games before ever watching an NHL game. So w- when you were growing up, what was the closest? What would be the closest NHL team to you? Closest NHL team would be Calgary, which is seven hours away. Edmonton, eight hours away, and now Winnipeg would be six hours away. Wow. So yeah, I've never I've never gone to a game. Uh, my parents have, but I'm just yeah. Every time we go to tournaments, I'm busy with hockey, and maybe they would go to the game and just never really worked out so 
Never been yeah. to a game. Who did who do you look up to as a kid from that area? Is there a specific guy? I'm sure there's some guys. You well, obviously the Regina Paths were my favorite team growing up, and uh, my go-to guy was Jordan Eberle my whole life. But uh, he obviously he's still one of my one of my role models, and I see him in the summer sometimes. But uh, I think it's changed. My favorite player now is Johnny Goudreau, small skilled forward. So that's a guy I look up to. I feel now. like you guys could be siblings. You know? Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good player. <laughs> What's it, Evan, what's it been like for you? I mean, you're an L.A. guy playing here in San Jose. Obviously, that rivalry is huge between San Jose and, and the Kings and being from that area. I know you got some grief when we were we were in Oakland with the Oakland Bears. You got some uh, – Yeah, one, one, one kid did not like me from yeah. – I was from L.A. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that hateful up here <laughs> towards guys from L.A., but I don't know. I feel like I'm just still back at home. I mean, I see my parents every other weekend going on Ontario, San Diego, and stuff like that. Still get to see friends. So it's nice. I mean, I just being in Portland past couple years in Brandon, now I don't have to really deal with that minus 50 degree weather <laughs> sometimes. So I can come to the rink wearing shorts and a t shirt. It's really nice. Now, did you grow up watching and following the Kings? Yeah, they're, they're my favorite team growing up. So, so what's it like being on this side of that rivalry now that you're a part of the Sharks organization? I mean, I don't really think too much of it as like a rivalry. I just kind of go out there and play and just, just want to beat them every time we get the chance to play and kind of shove it back at them. So pretty much it. And you went into uh, the Kings development camp and ended up signing here with San Jose. So it kind of comes uh, comes full circle. You got anything else for a draw? I know we're in a little bit of hurry. We got to catch a, a bus at 145. Well, I, we were talking right before we started recording about the, the golf story. What what happened the other day? You, you teed off and <laughs> – you want me to tell the story? <laughs> I mean, we went to uh, the Eagle Ridge Golf Course in uh, Gilroy yesterday, and the course is very narrow with um, houses <laughs> on both sides of the fairway. And Evan's not a narrow shooter. He was feeling I'm good not, about I'm, his well, game. With my driver, I'm not a narrow shooter. Sometimes I hit the good straight ball, but this one was not a, like a straight ball. I just sliced it. I think I hit it off the toe. Just hear it hit off a house. <laughs> Probably like five seconds later, hits off a house, but it bounced back in the fairway. Play it is, as it lies. I did play yeah. it as it lies. I, went, I didn't play that one. I, I dropped another ball, but I ended up. Then you found that it. Ball yeah, later. and you can absolutely hammer the ball, and if it goes straight, it goes straight. But not all the time, it goes straight. So. Well, I had a second ball too off the tee, and I kind of shanked that one too. New club though, so you can't, you can't blame me on yeah. that. One. I went with Murph the other day. I hit a ball, uh, hit off the base of a tree, and went to go look for it. We couldn't find it. The ball got stuck in the tree. So <laughs> that's a skilled shot. Yeah. yeah. I like to think I'm a pretty skilled golfer sometimes. Yeah. I guess uh, my last question, we got the Masters coming up, so who, who's your guys' picks? Who's, who's going to win it? Uh, I want Ricky Fowler to Ricky win. Ricky Fowler, it's a yeah. good choice. I like Ricky. Yeah. He hasn't won a major, so no. I'm rooting for him. We have a Masters pool going with the guys too, yep. so yep. everybody's going to have that out. I don't know if guys. Tiger will win, but I want him to do well. I think I've always liked Tiger yeah. watching him play, so I just hope he does well. I don't know if he'll win, but uh, that's, that's my guy. I don't really know. I think I may go with DJ. Yeah, well, I like Rory too. Like Rory DJ. <laughs> Rory or DJ, I like them. Cool. Hey, those are all good, all good, pretty good picks right there. We didn't hear like a, a random one, VJ Singh or something, some random yeah. guy that's not good. He's going to come out of nowhere. Yeah. So, all 
All right, fellas, we appreciate you guys stopping by, giving us a little insight uh, behind the scenes and, uh, you know, continued success going into a, a good little postseason push here. We already made a playoff spot, but playoffs are on the horizon, too. So best of luck, guys, and thanks. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks thank for you. having us. So we'd like to thank those guys, Jaden Halbegwax, Evan Weinger, Matt Fontaine, for spending a bit of time with us just talking about kind of the day in their life and what the adjustments have been coming to the pro level and them kind of sticking together and almost using each other as, as kind of a, something to lean on through this first year of pro hockey. Yeah, hopefully they figure out that uh, you know thawing chicken or whatever it was situation because <laughs> That can be a bit of a nightmare, but uh, no, it's cool to hear these guys. I know they they go golfing all the time. Evan literally just started golfing this year, which blows my mind because yeah. he's. I feel like the minute he, he leaves the rink, the they bug. go to the course. They yeah. just they just go and they. I don't think they live too far from uh, Santa Teresa, and mm -hmm. that's where most of the guys go to golf, anyways. Um, but yeah, he's he's. Uh, they're all like I said, they're all contributing and, and playing a big part in this organization and for them to kind of use each other as as backboards and, and guys that they can just kind of lean on. it's That's good for them for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's been fun to see. I mean, with all the rookies, everybody, you know, making an impact. I know for Holbgawax, uh, you know, had been snake bitten for a while in terms of scoring goals. But, you know, with three games to go, he's got 12 goals, which I think is incredible because last year, San Jose's second leading goal scorer was Alex Drew. He had 15, and he yeah. scored two in the final game of the regular season. And I think everybody thought that Drew had a great season. So <laughs> it just kind of puts into perspective that Hulbgawax is still, I mean, he's not putting up those gaudy numbers. That yeah, that's kind of what I expected. I was hoping for 50. If yeah. Being honest, yeah really. 50 would have been, that would have been something. Would, yeah, I would take that. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, in what he, he went through a transitional period in the WHL, and I think, you know, he's still figuring out the program. All of them are, really, you mm -hmm. know. And it's, it's three guys. So, I mean, it's, uh, Evan's a little bit different, but for, for Jaden and Matt, they're, they're also not, they're not big guys. They're, they're kind of undersized when you look around, you know, the locker room. So it's that extra chip on their shoulder. Not only were they not drafted, but they're, you know, got to prove themselves that they, they compete with, with the rest of the league and these guys, and they're, they're doing that. Yeah. They're making it. You know, they're making an impact. Yeah, and, and speaking of Evan, I mean, he's been great. His speed is so dynamic. Oh. And he's been a great penalty killer for the team. I mean, I remember the start of the year, he was one of those guys who wasn't quite in the lineup. It took him a few games, and once you saw the speed, it was pretty much the speed. But handed. he came in, not only did he come in with the speed, but he scored quite a bit too yep. to get, yep. get right started. Away did, yep. Now he's a guy that you, you can't really take out of the lineup because of the speed, but he's also so big on the penalty kill. Yep. I mean, him and Johnny Mack are on that first PK unit, yep. and those are two of the best guys you're going to find. So. Yeah. Yeah, and no, uh, with no Manny Weeder in the lineup anymore, mm -hmm. it only kind of increases the importance of a yeah. guy like Weinger and his speed that he can apply, um, you know, night in and night out. So um, big upcoming games, wrap up the regular season. By the time we talk to you next week, we'll already have probably our playoff schedule yeah. out. We certainly hope so. Yeah. Um, and we can talk more about what's to come in terms of playoffs. But exciting time of the year. The Sharks start their playoff series on Wednesday night at the SAP Center against the Vegas Golden Knights. So we're all looking forward to that and seeing how, you know, how that series starts. Certainly uh, that game one at home is going to be a big one, I think, yeah. for the Sharks. Yeah. You know, and with all the injuries that have kind of plagued them over the last couple of months. So Carlson back in. Saw him play pretty well in that final game. And I think everybody's ready, ready to seems rock like and roll. They're, seems so, like they're ready to go. It's, ready to it doesn't sound like they're going to be missing anybody. Everybody no. says that they're 100%. So that's what you, that's all you can hope that's for, all you right? you can ask, right? So... Uh, it is the best time of year. Let there be no doubt. Um, but that's it for me, Joe. Yeah, that's kind of all else? I got. All right, we're guys. In the, we're, in, we're in the thick of it here. Let's we are. Let's get, get into the playoffs and.
Press go. By the time we talk to you next week, we'll have an opponent and some dates for you. So we look forward to that. And uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. See you. See you.